Welcome to the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. I'm Lori Rivers with you, here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. We've got a pretty high cosmic tide going on right now, and Mercury is in its pre-retrograde phase. It stations retrograde at the end of the month on the 29th. We've got a... I've got a new moon right before Christmas that looks a little interesting. And as I told you guys, Sag season was going to be litigious. And boy, has it ever been. And um, I know a lot of you people listening to me, if if you've been a longtime listener, then you like the current events. If you're just landing here and you're wondering, why is she talking about politics? You know, this is about spirituality. Let me remind you, there is no separation from our spiritual and physical lives. We're not here to get off this planet. We are here to live on this planet. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, to quote the great and late Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I'm here to help you bridge that experience, to bring your spiritual in with your physical, integrate that so you can live a much more satisfying life. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the very interesting astrology of December 2022, how that helps us get ready for the even more interesting astrology of 2023, especially late mid to late January. And then we'll be hurtling towards March. And I've been talking about that a lot. We're going to do a patron shout out because without my patrons, this podcast doesn't happen. Huge thanks to them. And then I'm going to talk about Saturn returns. And you can hear my heater turning on because I'm in Southern California and it is cold outside. And it's probably colder where you are uh, because that weather came in hard and harsh. And remember, I told you to get your holidays wrapped up at the late summer because we'd have one thing after another moving into winter including weather in December and here we are if you watched my 2022 year ahead you'd know you'd know and here we are so let's get this party started in the next segment I'm going to talk about December's astrology including the new moon of course the solstice before that and how to navigate the pre-retrograde period before Mercury stations retrograde on top of Venus on December 29th and how this is going to help us prepare for the very volatile energy of 2023. Let's talk about December's astrology. You know, I'm not surprised about the weather. Just expect it to keep being more and more intense and interesting. And I think around the solstice, we're going to have probably another good sized storm or some kind of event because (laughs) Jupiter moves into Aries on the 20th of December. And then we have the solstice. And the solstice is when, the winter solstice is when the sun ingresses into Capricorn. So remember, the summer solstice is when the sun ingresses into Cancer. Now, these are very important times. Very important times. They kick off 
just a new kind of energy. So the 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 winter solstice is a it's a renewal energy, right? Kind of. It's it's letting the old settle and getting those new nutrients into those buds and those roots so that when we have the equinox in the spring, thing life can burst forth. So the same goes for us. It's a it's a quieter time. And it will be a little more subdued because we have Venus and Mercury and Capricorn. We're a little more serious right now. Notice it's not all that uh, festive this year. You know, just there hasn't been the same kind of festive commercials or even out in the shops. Yeah, they got the, the decorations and the music, but not, it's really not festive. And that's, it's a little more subdued because we are coming in to some interesting times. So let's take a look at the winter solstice. Um, So what's funny is the moon will be trining off with Jupiter earlier in the day. And the sun will ingress into Capricorn, oh gosh, about 2 p.m., about 2 p.m. or so. Let me... Let me get it a little closer to exact. Just looking at things. So yeah, right, actually about 2.45 p.m. We'll have the sun, and that's Pacific. We'll have the sun ingress into Capricorn, making an immediate square to Jupiter. Given that it's happening before 3 p.m. Pacific, which means that's 6 p.m. Eastern, I think we could have some really big, bold headlines on the evening news. I think there could be a breaking story. Um, Is it a Trump indictment? Uh, Not 100% sure on that one. I think it's going to come by the end of December. Um... I noticed, uh, I did a podcast back in September just for patrons on Mark Meadows and Trump. And one of the things I saw was that, you know, a Trump indictment might come right after the election. But what happened right after the election was the appointment of the special counsel, which that's going to lead to an indictment. I would be really, really shocked if it doesn't. Now for what? Mm, don't know. Um, it may not be everything we want, but it, it but it, and it's also not just going to be for Trump, you know. And I said in that podcast that you know Mark Meadows was going to squeal like a piggy to make deals for himself. Now, fascinatingly, at that time, the the Neptune or not Neptune. Um, Mercury will be sextile Neptune. And so this could be some revelations of espionage. This could be some revelations of misconduct, breach of principles. It could be the revelation of, you know, issues with national security. And the funny thing is, is the January 6th committee um, said they're going to do their criminal referrals. Um, and they're, now they're arguing about how, then, what. But also, they said they were going to release the findings of the January 6th committee entirely on the 21st of December. 
And that, to me, I'm like, oh, oh, that's a little fascinating because we have Mercury, again, in a sextile to Neptune. And that's, that, that, there's a lot of tea about to be made public. Of course, we have Mars in Gemini retrograde, and it will be in opposition to the moon around that time when the sun ingresses into Capricorn. So it's, (laughs) it's, the song, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas was kind of popping into my head, but it's going to be very intense. Um, It's a very intense political landscape. And and on, on some level, none of us should be sitting on pins and needles and biting our fingers and pulling out our hair and rending our clothes because as individual citizens, you know, sitting at home with not, with a lot of stake in the game, but not a lot of ability to move any pieces, getting all upset is just bad for your blood pressure. Okay. And don't tell me you can't help it because hello, if I can help it and I actually studied this stuff, you can help it because it's not worth the blood pressure. It's just not. And some of it's a distraction because, and I'm not saying, you know, the Trump situation is a distraction, but the amount of media attention in some ways is, it's not about transparency or the people have a right to know. None of the broadcasters actually care about the people. Okay. But some of it's a distraction from us getting ready to do what we need to do. And we've got this time between now and mid-January to really, you know, really self-assess and be like, okay, here's my skills. This is what I can do. This is how I can keep myself and my family secure um, with multiple plans, not just a plan A and a plan B, but a C, D, E, and F. Because, you know, the best laid plans go to waste. So I wouldn't be rigid to them, but I would have a lot of outlines and a lot of, okay, if I have to improvise, this is what I can do. If I, if that doesn't work, I can try this other thing. Okay. It's that kind of thinking that really gets us through the next three years. Being able to pivot, being able to pivot, being able to move, being able to change. If one direction doesn't work, try another one. Okay. So there is that. Um, yeah, it's going to be rather fascinating as we move forward. And, you know, we'll have Venus in a trine with Uranus that day. You know, Venus will be in an approaching trine to Uranus retrograde. I just think it's going to be really disruptive. It's going to be a lot of strange news. I think we could also see some transportation some postal issues, um, financial issues for certain, housing market, absolutely. Um, And above all else, private equity firms are getting nailed. They're getting nailed. Um, I know they paid cash for a lot of homes, but they leveraged other things to get the cash. They... they
so these private equity firms, they're, um, they're going to be hurting because they did leverage. They may have gotten cash to purchase a house outright, but they're going to be trying to liquidate for their leverage positions because, um, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of responsibleness over the last couple of years. And so I think we're going to see properties released. I don't think every equity group is going to hold on to assets. And I think we're going to see um, in 2023, especially, I think we're going to see um, properties start being released onto the market. The problem is, is we're going to have interest rates and that's not just causing problems in the States, that's going to cause hardship in other countries as well. Um, so it, it's going to be fascinating. So we need to look at how we reuse, repurpose, you know, um, get out your night, uh, sorry, your 1970s playbook, get out your 1930s playbook, get out your night, uh, 2008 playbook. Cause one of the things about 2008 was Pluto was in, entering Capricorn for its 16 year run. Well, Pluto exits Capricorn in 2023 for a very brief period of time. For all of those people who come on to my TikToks and try to inform me that it's the age of Aquarius, which it's not, um, it's not even really the Pluto and Aquarius era because it's a sneak preview. And then Pluto will retrograde back into Capricorn go direct again. Um, I've been hearing some younger astrologers say, no, no, it's on the retrograde. It doesn't count. No, no, it does. It's, it pops in and out. It does the cha-cha. It does the cha-cha because we are moving eras, not ages, eras. And as one energy ends and the new comes in, they're, 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 completing a job and starting a job, completing a job. And so one is still disrupting what hasn't gone away and the other is fomenting what is about to start. In 2008, what did we have? We had too big to fail. Too big to fail. Um, Oh, I still get mad about that. And you can't, they are big and we don't want them to necessarily fall over. I know there are people who do, but there are serious ramifications to it. Um, But we will see failures and some of these will be very big retail establishments. Some of these will be um, chains, you know, whether it's a store or a restaurant. And some of this will be in the tech sector. We're going to see some failures. Um, oh, Twitter and Elon Musk. Yeah, well, that's because Elon's tanking it on purpose. He's not trying to make a viable con- company. He isn't just suddenly losing his mind. Now, granted, I don't think he was ever a genius. I made that really, really clear. I rectified his chart over the, you know, took about a, a year as I watched, you know, the news. I watched his behavior. I looked back. I did research. What did he look like as a kid? you know, in different stages of his life. And I'm pretty sure he's got, a, you know, a late Capricorn rising, you know, mid to late. And is he sabotaging himself? Yeah. But <clears throat> um, I, I, it, he's reinventing himself. I think 
Um, but I think he's gone overboard. And so, but he's, he's probably gotten paid to tank it by the Saudis. Again, Swiss bank accounts. All right. There's a lot of people with a lot more money and not just virtual wealth because, you know, having your stock portfolio counted in your wealth, which people leverage, they, they, they borrow money against their stock portfolios. Um, that's how they get, you know, that's their wealth, but there are people out there who don't need the stock portfolios. And, um, some of those people live in Saudi. So (laughs) I think they very much paid him. Um, can I prove it? No. But as somebody who lived in the Middle East and specialized in U.S. Middle East foreign policy and had to study a great deal and know a great deal about the region, I wouldn't put it past them. I don't even think that's a conspiracy theory. You know, they were jailing people for, you know, 30 years for a tweet, which is ridiculous, you know. So, and Elon's talked a lot about not being liquid, meaning he doesn't have a lot of cash assets on hand. He's leverage. Um, why not? He doesn't care. He doesn't care. You know, he's a rich kid from South Africa who's got a lot of attitude. You know, and claiming free speech, free speech. Yeah, okay, Elon, whatever. Anyway, I digress. I could just go down that rabbit hole all day long. So we're probably going to see financial upset by the end of the month. I think we're going to see some big layoffs out of uh, Alphabet slash Google. Um, I think we're going to see some more issues with the Microsoft Activision acquisition that's being fought and sued. It may not happen. Um, It's interesting that they're fighting that on the tech level, but they didn't fight... Disney taking over ABC. I, I just find the priorities fascinating. Um, in these agencies, I'm like, so you have a problem with that monopoly, but not this monopoly. Got it. Um, TikTok's probably going to continue to be under threat. Um, <clears throat> a good part of 2023. But I think they kind of make it out of it. Um, is it a spy tool? Probably. <laughs> probably. But um, no more, no less than Facebook and Google and your iPhone already is. So (laughs) it's like, ooh, oh no. It's, you know, anything can be used for propaganda, indoctrination, and radicalization. And um, the TV is often used. So if they're going to go after something, they, they really should go after broadcast media all of it, because none of it is independent. None of it is without its stake in the game. And a lot of the divisiveness and hate and propaganda, you know, is spewed through the television. So, you know, they can be mad at a little app all they want. It's just because it's useful in organizing. So, yeah. So, let me recap. I know. I went down a rabbit hole. You know I'm never going to stay on script, right? You know it. So, anyway. December. We've got Jupiter ingressing into Aries on the solstice, which is the 21st of December. Uh, 
right around 245, 250, the sun ingresses into Capricorn, making an immediate square to Jupiter. This is big boom energy. I mean, we might even see um, explosions, issues with granaries, issues with buildings. You know, we could see a building collapse, um, like not planned. Looking at Ukraine, especially since the moon and Mars are in opposition, I'm worried about accidents with that nuclear power plant. I don't think it'll blow up. (laughs) Not quite that disastrous, but I do think we can see some unpleasant things happen there. Um, My eyes are looking out at North and South Korea, um, other parts of Asia as, as we move along. And then, and then on the 23rd, we have the new moon. We have the new moon. And um, this is happening at about zero degrees. Um, Not quite. I think it's one degree of Capricorn. Let me pull the chart up. Oh no, pardon moi. Um... It's at two degrees. These early degree new moons start, uh, like, it shows we're starting an entirely new cycle. And uh, let me go to when that is so I can take a look at the whole chart. Yeah. So this will be early in the morning of the 23rd on the West Coast. Of course, most everywhere else too. That is squaring Jupiter. So there will be a new kind of conflict. A new kind of conflict. Um, it's not going to be a resolution. It's it's stirring things up. Stirring things up. I don't think it's a new war. I don't think that's it. Um, I think everything's pretty economic at this point I know everybody's worried about war war but I think people don't understand like there we go it's actually at one degree sorry it's at one degree 32 minutes will be the full moon and that's gonna happen at like 1 a.m pacific which is like what 4:59 a.m. Eastern. So I think we're all going to wake up to some breaking news that's a little intense. Um Yeah. And it'll be happening southeast. Actually, I'm looking at maybe the southern hemisphere for this. This is kind of interesting. So Southern Hemisphere, we could look at Central and South America could have some kind of um, issue. There could be maybe some seismic activity or political activity. I know there's, you know, rumblings, there's issues in Peru. There's been issues in um, Argentina. I don't know exactly what they are. I had um, uh, one of my listeners let me know that there was stuff going on in South America, which I have in my predictions. And I think some of the stuff I thought might be seismic is political. So it's, it, if I'm, you're not like really 
studying the news, you know, you're, you're not going to get it like a hundred percent, but you'll be in the ballpark. I feel pretty good with being in the ballpark, but, um, man, when I look at this chart, interesting. And so on the 23rd, that'll be to the north, actually north, also looking at Alaska, Japan, again, looking a bit at um, the Kamchatka region. China and there might be um, some interesting action between us and our allies in that so there might be something with South South Korea and Japan as well because um, those are our allies also looking at Taiwan I don't think it's going to be an invasion or anything I just think we could see seismic activity that day um with that new moon and um, or increase seismic because we have seismic activity every day on a geological sense but when I'm talking about it from my predictions over 4.0 and that would be more likely maybe like Alaska Vancouver Island Bering Strait um, yeah so I think it's going to be a little interesting folks And we may be looking at some changes in leadership on a global level and people changing affiliations like cinema. Um, I think you'll see that in some other countries as well. Um, It doesn't help cinema all that much, to be honest. Um, I looked at her chart and even going into 2024, I I don't see that her decision to be independent helped her political career but if she's trying to be a lobbyist maybe that's what she's going for I don't know it's fascinating my friends it's fascinating so that new moon is going to be intense I think we're going to see some big erosion events again failed infrastructure um there's going to be an aggressive push by um, authoritarian governments I think like when you're looking at Iran um, Saudi Qatar those areas as well you'll see you'll see Indonesia um, I think you're going to see authoritarian actions um, take place and I think there's going to be push pushback against people should be fascinating um on an individual level it's not really a time to to yolo (laughs) not really um it's more of a time to consolidate to revise your plans to pay attention i think we'll actually get news out of the treasury potentially on that day as well either to the treasury or the fed those are all things i think are possible with that new moon um and then of course we'll be inching closer to the mercury retrograde period and mercury will be stationing retrograde 
on the 29th on the 29th and it stations retrograde right on Venus and that makes me nervous I'm not a big oh no it's Mercury retrograde whatever will we do kind of person Um, I find Mercury retrograde to be an enormously useful time Um, retrogrades aren't bad although raise your hand if you're sick of Mars retrograde in Gemini yep me too it's in my eighth house Um, (laughs) it's in my couple of my astrologers 12th house and some of my mods we've got we've got the Mars transiting the 12th house club with our some of our um, Gemini risings and cancer risings <laughs> it's been so hard for them um, and I've got it moving through my eighth uh, all those things I talked to you about about remembering to pivot emotionally find you know just a reasonably satisfied space deep breathe clear your energy chill out i'm using everything i teach you okay (laughs) because some of these transits they're intense so when we take a look at uh at this they mercury stations retrograde at 24 degrees it is conjunct venus i do think it's going to be some economic news um It's also sextile the moon, right before the moon moves into Aries (laughs) that day. (laughs) I just noticed that. Oh no, we're in danger. (laughs) Oh God, when I laugh like this, it's not a good sign. (laughs) Oh, I just noticed. Okay, so... Because uh, I'm just staring at the chart, right? I haven't, I haven't really, you know. I put my predictions out, but you know, I predict and I forget. That's why I write them down and I have them recorded. I'll be like, because if I held all this in my head, it would explode. <laughs> so at the time, Mercury is stationing retrograde on top of freaking Venus. You have Pluto and the Moon in a sextile. That's a lot of power. That's a lot of. <sighs> I think this is in Eastern Europe and Asia. I think we're going to see an oopsie event, meaning I don't think it's necessarily intentional aggression. I think it's meant to be a warning shot. It doesn't go well. I think we should could see increased aggression by Russia when I look at, I'm calculating directions in my head in different ways for this turn. Um, <laughs> and just hours later like not even an hour we look like 3 a.m 4 a.m yeah like (laughs) big bada boom at around 4 a.m pacific um now when i look at this Uh, this could also be, um, let's see, it is north of me, Pacific Northwest, um, British Columbia, Alaska, 
this could be um, could be Ukraine I don't think it is but it could be I'm looking it could be seismic activity because um, you know because the sun is trying Uranus so we could see some seismic activity if we do I think it's likely up in the Bering Strait Alaska um, maybe off the Pacific coast um, of Washington again Vancouver Island um, it could also be in Asia so my eye is on that that's fascinating I'll get more written up on that and we'll do a whole podcast episode on that um, <laughs> oh boy oh boy now on an individual level remember it can always be great if you live you know in the ring of fire which guys if the if the volcano is growing off in the mediterranean that has nothing to do with the ring of fire okay ring of fire is asia and north of south america okay 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 <laughs> it's the pacific mediterranean's the own thing so anyway um People, I don't even, Ring of Fire sounds really cool. The nothing is, they're not all going to go off at the same time. That's not how it works. Um, take it from somebody who actually watched Mount St. Helens blow up. I was 10 and it was cool. It was also scary, but it was cool. And we were waiting for, for Mount Hood near at me to go. We're like, is it going to go too? No. So, um, even when you live in some place that has potential for volcanic or or seismic activity or other kinds of natural disasters like if it's tornado tornado alley or you get blizzards you know it's good to have yourself prepared for these things you know and you can only be so prepared so you know you do your best that's that's all we could do as humans is do our best i'm trying to give you a heads up um, it's going to be a volatile day regardless. It's, that's a lot of big boom energy and, uh, I'll make sure I get more information out to you to prepare for that. You know, make sure you got your full pantry as much as possible. Have some emergency cash on hand before the mercury retrograde. Um, how much? I don't know your budget. I don't know your means. I can't tell you and I'm not going to give an exact number. But I would say, you know, I, I would have enough that I could do a grocery store run. I would have enough to fill up the tank of my car. I would have enough um, that if point of sale systems are down for any reason, um, that I just have some emergency cash. It is a good thing to do anyway. One of the things I do is... You know, every week when I go to the grocery store, I just take a little cash out and I put it away. I just put it away. I have it in case of emergency and I've had to use it. I, you know, I went to the store to get something and their credit card machines were down. You know, the whole POS system wasn't down, but for some reason 
the 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 card processor didn't work and they were only taking cash at that register and I had cash so there you go um that's one of the reasons you keep it okay again I get it if you're living paycheck to paycheck I get it if times are hard I get it I've been there I've been there and you don't all you know you don't always have to be there there's nothing wrong with being there it's a lot more comfortable not to be there and I worked really really hard in a different kind of hard work kind of way like I mean you guys know I pull all kinds of hours doing this but that's because I like to right um and I work on inspiration a lot it's not efficient it's not effect but it is effective it's just not efficient We'll be switching some of that up in 2023. Um, I spent years learning some of the skills I've got, not just the astrology, but how to do, you know, podcasting and build websites. And and now I can, you know, get some help. I, but I was a one-woman show, you know. Um, when I got divorced in 2016, or not 2016, 2017, 2017, Coming up on the uh, the sixth year, fifth year, fifth year, fifth year, be five years, December 22nd, um, Merry Christmas to me, for real, um, I didn't have anything, I had very little, and I didn't get a big settlement, I, I was nice, because I knew I could rebuild. But at one point in 2016, 2017, before the divorce, all I had was my car, my phone, my laptop, and some very loyal clients. (laughs) Some very loyal clients. Um, But I wasn't making a ton. And oh my God, it was complicated. Um, When I came back to the States in 98, I had 50 bucks and two kids. You know, and it, I didn't get on my feet right away. It took months to get on my feet. And even then, it was kind of on my feet. It was like, okay, we have a roof and food. This is good. Okay. In fact, in December of 1998, and I had a five year old and a two and a half year old. I I managed to squirrel away just enough to get Christmas because my five-year-old was convinced that Santa would not be able to find us because we had moved half a world away. She had lost pretty much everyone and everything that mattered besides me and her brother. And, um, God, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. It was really stressful. It was really traumatic. Um, I wish I hadn't had to leave, but I did, you know, for the safety of my kids and myself. Um, And came back to the States where I didn't know how to live as an adult. I left at 18 and a lot had changed. When I left America in 87, there was no such thing as like credit ratings, right? I had no clue. So anyway... Long story short, um, I had managed to get just a little bit to get a place to live 
on our own and save rent money and have, you know, be okay for a couple months thinking, okay, within three, four months, I should be on my feet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Walking into the Saturn return year, that, that was fascinating. And, uh, I managed to have the money for a Christmas tree and we went with my really good friend and her family and we did the, the, Christmas tree farm where you get the cookies and the cocoa and it was it was a very nice time and I managed to get a very pretty Christmas tree but I couldn't afford to plug in lights let alone anything else and I didn't have ornaments so I I bought one little box of pretty ornaments just glass balls and then I cut crochet thread and a lace hook. And I started crocheting. And I crocheted for two weeks, filling that tree. And I, I even ran to my mom's house. And my mom and dad were out of the country at the time. And I knew in her sewing cabinet was flannel she bought when I was 13, like 1982. And I went and I grabbed it to make Christmas ornaments because it was easier than just crocheting. I could fill them like with stuffing. And I made beautiful Christmas ornaments until my hands curled um, to make magic for my daughter. And two weeks into this crocheting, and again, I could barely move my fingers by the time I was done. I mean, I was fast and furiously making crocheted snowflakes and little flannel stockings and, oh my God, everything you could think of. And I finally got it done, and my daughter (laughs) looks up and said, but we don't have an angel, Mama. I was like, oh, you're right. And I had some white, red heart, scratchy, thick acrylic yarn and a bigger hook because my hands were shot. I couldn't have done one more piece of lace at that point. And I made the wonkiest, dorkiest looking angel you've ever seen. (laughs) It was lumpy and lopsided because my hands were so tired and I embroidered a little face. And you know, there's something beautiful about a five-year-old's imagination. And in her mind, that was the most beautiful thing she'd ever seen. And I said, well, sweetie, this is as good as mama could do. And she just went, oh, mama, she's beautiful. And she put her up on the tree. And every year until she was grown, when we were living in Washington, that angel went on the tree. We didn't have a lot, but I made what we had work. Now, most of us have grown up in this conspicuous consumption economy. We worry about our job titles and we worry about what we're wearing, what's the label, what's the aesthetic, what's the vibe, instead of what's your vibe inside. And if you've got a nice warm space, or at least the ability to wrap up in blankets, if you've got 
some food to eat and maybe it's not all the food you need but you got just enough and you can stretch it think of that as a blessing and blessings will occur you know that little girl my daughter she really wanted to see snow because we'd been living in the Middle East she did not know what life was like in America so she assumed there would be snow and I said oh honey it's Portland it doesn't snow at Christmas very often she usually rains Santa tends to come in a boat here and she, she was like no mama I just know it and sure enough on Christmas Eve 1998 there were the biggest damn snowflakes I'd ever seen in Portland, Oregon and she she was asleep and I went and I woke her up because I didn't know if it'd melt or if it'd stay I woke her up and I ran her to the window and I said look sweetie it's snowing you did that you wished for that why? because unlike a lot of people who want to teach their kids reality I don't want to keep teach my kids reality. They already knew reality enough. And sometimes you need a little magic. And that's what I'm asking you to give you. You can know you're down to the last three potatoes, last two eggs. Make a feast. Make a feast. Don't despair. No matter how volatile it gets bring up my daughter because I was talking to her tonight and we were kind of talking about how far we've come you know how far we've come all the all the stuff we've been through in our lives together and we've been through a lot a lot we've had <laughs> interesting lives and we've fought like hell out of occasions it's <laughs> a mother-daughter relationship but we've turned this really beautiful corner and I think that is really in part to both of us being dedicated to how we turn our attention to where we put our attention onto what matters what's important And I'm saying this not because I think we're going to have these horrendously horrible things, but I do think we're going to have an intense time period. I think the Christmas season, if you celebrate Christmas, the winter holiday season. Um, and I'm not a big, like, I'm not religious. I'm, I'm a spiritual atheist. I like Christmas because it is a cultural tradition, okay? It's something that has been something I could touch base with from family traditions. That's it. The, the religious side has nothing to do. Might as well be, you know, a pagan lighting candles um, as far as significance goes. The solstice is important, but I don't celebrate you all. But it's just the season itself to me is a chance to make a little magic. And, and that's what these winter holidays are for. That's what they've always been for. It's dark. It's dreary. Your vitamin D is low. Um, you Not that vitamin D. Get your mind out of the gutter. The actual vitamin. You know, seasonal affective disorder. Um, those are all things 
And so we make a little bit of magic. I don't care if it's the elf on the shelf pooping candy canes. I don't care if it's Frosty the Snowman and and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Santa Claus or believing that Sky Daddy impregnated, you know, Leia and they had a baby Darth. I, I don't care what it is. Sometimes we need a little magic. And when we need that magic and we can believe in that magic, it can turn the corner on a really tense situation. It can make things better for a moment. And sometimes that's all you need. You need just a moment. I'm not telling you guys to be euphoric with with things happening in the world. That's not the point. But sometimes that magic allows a little bit of a glow in our heart. And we know that everything will be okay over time. And that's the magic. That's the magic of the solstice. You you might think the trees are dead or the flowers are dead and you know the bulbs are dead. They're not. They're not. They're gathering their energy inside and building up everything they need before the equinox in the spring. And that, my friends, regardless of what's going on in the world, that's the magic. All right, we're going to do a patron shout out. Now that I've made myself cry again, cheese. What am I going to be like when Mars moves into cancer? Oh my, it is time for another patron shout out. I want to thank all of the patrons because without you, there is no me and the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. So there are a whole bunch of new people. Let's give our shout outs to, let's see, hang on, what did I do? There we go. There we go. Oh, we're almost to 700, guys. If you're not a patron and you're thinking about being a patron, join. Um, I've got a really special gift coming out at the end of December, which is your survival guide to Saturn Returns. I'm going to talk about the Saturn cycle and Saturn Returns and what they actually mean. So big shout out to AC Rutherford, Nicole AM, Cece, Angela Lacey, Monica, Margie, Brett, Monica, Megan, Terry, Tara, uh, what is it? Tara Crosby, TM, Alyssa, Sarah, Jay, Sasha, Caitlin, Amanda, Claire Von Holm, Mary, Jeffon, Angie, Tara, Chaslin, Jennifer, Kat, Caitlin, Becky, Suli, Anita, Lilith, Whitney, Caitlin, Nikki, Monica, Pamela, Bryson, Katie, Jen, Roz, Mimi, Alyssa, Kathleen, Suzanne, Jeannie, Dulcy, Amy, Carrie Moore Thornton, Bethany, Cam, Kristen, Aaron, Liz, Sir Starkey, Sage's Bean, 
Emily, Maria, Lori, and Chris. And we've got also Pastavea, Monique. So big, big thank you to all of you for being patrons. Um, if you, if you, uh, if you join, if you join, you get the current pricing because I am raising the price. January 1 to 5 and 15. I'm going to add in a new tier as well. I'm going to add in a new tier, but I'm going to add that. Um, I'm going to add that in January. So, But everybody who joins gets a ton of perks. Tons and tons and tons and tons. And we're going to switch things up in the new year. I think we need a refresh. Obviously, the horoscopes are going to be there. Not getting rid of that. Obviously, we've got the podcast. Not getting rid of that. But we're going to add in some new stuff. um, Just because I think we all need a refresh. So I want to thank all of my patrons. If you haven't gotten into the Discord as a patron, please do. We would love to hear from you. We'd love your insights. Just jump right into the conversation. Nobody's going to go, who the hell are you? They're going to be saying, welcome, friend. It is a great community. All right. Now, let's talk about Saturn Returns in the next segment. All right. Let's do a little rundown on what a Saturn return is. Because we refer to things, even me, in ways that aren't exactly the way it goes. So when I say my Saturn return year or your Saturn return year, it's really not a whole year. A Saturn return is when Saturn returns to the place exactly by degree and minute it was in your birth chart, okay? At the time you were born, on the day you were born, at the place you were born. So just like your solar return is for the time the sun returns to the exact degree and minute it was in your birth chart, and your Venus return or your Mercury return or any of the returns, It is an exact moment, okay? Because that sets a chart. And that chart is divinatory. Okay, so that is an actual factual return. Now, I'm not going to teach about that on the podcast. That's that's later later down the line when I teach a class and and we sit down and we, we talk about it. Because... I haven't even touched predictive astrology yet. I'm just starting to let my my mentees observe me because it's its own ballgame. So let's just talk about the process then of the Saturn return. So you're going to be experiencing the lead up to it, and that can be a series of weeks or months, depending on whether Saturn is retrograding or not. Um, Like, me, I, I got the cha-cha, I got the truck going forward and backing up and going forward again. It can feel like that during your Saturn return. Um, and that is a joke. Okay, please no freaking out. Um, everybody goes through this if they live to 28 and a half years. Okay, it's about 28 and a half years for the Saturn return. That's its cycle. 
Okay, that's its orbit, but it can happen during your 27th year or it can happen during your 29th year of life, even if you have, you know, but you'll be 20, it'll, it'll still be a 28 and a half year process, okay? So it isn't at 30. It might be the year you turn 30. Like for me, it was the year I turned 30, but I was 29, okay? It's more likely it'd be moving towards your 28th doesn't really happen at the beginning of your 27th, okay? Not really. It's not how it works because there's math, guys. So you find it by looking for your Saturn in your chart, okay? And you'll notice there's two numbers. There's a number before and after. The number before is the degree. The number after is the minutes. So... It's a time of coming of age during your first Saturn return. You're no longer a practice adult. You might have consequences depending on the decisions you've made. Um, You might feel like you've flown too close to the sun. It's not always a negative experience. For some people, this is when they become parents or um, get married. There are significant life events where you are entering the adult world. It could be you get a promotion. You could lose your job. And that might feel devastating because you've taken on social cultural programming to believe that the job you have equals your value as a human being. And you might be needing to learn differently. You might have to pivot. You might, you know, have been waking up all through your 20s to realize, man, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to fight so hard. Maybe maybe I do want to just be normal for a little bit. Maybe you make some compromises. Or maybe you've been the, the, the overachiever and you've done everything you're supposed to do and you've been a paragon of virtue and you're like, well, this hasn't gotten me very far. Maybe I need to do something else. And you reject some of society. Every single person is going to have a different experience. Now, depending, depending on other placements in your chart and other transits during your Saturn return, it it could be more intense than others. So all those people (laughs) had, and I laugh, as you know, when things are uncomfortable, but all those people who had their Saturn returns in 2020, you know, when Pluto and Saturn were conjunct, that was intense they have. You know, talk about, you know, if they want to talk about spiritual warriors, well, holy shit, you people are like... I don't know, super science, man. Um, that was intense. Not everybody has Saturn conjunct Pluto during their Saturn return. It's very rare. That's very rare. So, you know, you guys are going to be doing a lot in the next you know, 26 years about reshaping the systems and society and understanding power dynamics and blah, blah, blah. So it just depends on what else is going on, folks, during, during, it's not just the one planet, okay? That's why I brought up the return chart, because the return chart will show kind of what's up on a foundational level, like what's an overarching theme for your Saturn return, um, and, and what the new cycle looks like. 
because the Saturn return is the end of a cycle. It's the end of one cycle and a beginning of a new cycle, right? Every time something ends, something begins. And so we have multiple stops on our Saturn cycle, okay? So we have our first square at seven. So the first Saturn square is at seven. And then our first Saturn opposition is at 14. Then we have the other square, okay? So the second square at 21-ish, okay? Plus or minus. We're just talking in general. And then you have your Saturn return at 28. So there's seven-year markers. And you'll notice every seven years... There's a shift. Now, what's funny is is we also look at um, Jupiter in there because Jupiter has a 12-year orbit. And you'll notice that Jupiter plays a role as well, but I digress. Anyway, it's those, those seven-year periods are times where we get to adjust and change. So when we're born with our Saturn, that is the influence of the dominant parent, the dominant culture, um, the kind of restrictions that are imposed on us physically, emotionally, mentally. There goes the Discord. You can tell I'm up late because the East Coast is going to start posting now. Um, It's going to show... your discipline, like the type of discipline you're taught, or some of the more confining beliefs, okay? And, you know, the social cultural beliefs that are imparted and imposed. And notice, you know, around seven, um, eight is when you start to get, you know, maybe a little more cranky. The veneer of mom and dad being like all knowing might start to wear off a little bit. Maybe not yet, but you know, you're 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 kind of you're you're starting to maybe compare yourself to other people and weigh and measure yourself. You start to become a little more sensitive to the world around you. And then at 14, you probably start rebelling a little bit one way or another. Okay. And some people really rebel and get in trouble and face a lot of consequences. That's a Saturn statement. Other people go the other route and get really disciplined and decide to be like um, in it for praise and acknowledgement because they don't want to get in trouble, that kind of deal. Um, It's different kinds of consequences, though. And they'll bear out as, as you get older. It isn't necessarily one is better than the other. It's just the way people are reacting to what's going on around them. And it depends on the environment in which you were raised. And, and you know, notice you can have a family with five kids and all five kids are going to respond to the parenting differently, right? All five of them. So, you know, one seven-year-old might be the goody two-shoes who is always, you know, falling in line with the family tune. And then maybe you have another one who's really, really rebellious and always in trouble. And that makes the next one go, ooh, I don't want to 
really want to be a goody two-shoes and I don't really want to get in trouble so I'm going to stay under the radar and then maybe there's a gap in age and you, you start all over and you got a rebellious one and maybe you've got another one who's the goody two-shoes uh, and I'm not saying either one of those is right or wrong I'm just talking about dynamics and so it, it, it can it's usually usually falling to you know extremes especially when we get to that first opposition around 14 okay where people kind of make decisions I'm going to be the good kid I'm going to be the bad kid I'm going to be the invisible kid um because Saturn can also represent some of I used to call it the old tapes in your head but tapes is not necessarily um applicable to younger people because they don't have cassette tapes so it's the old recordings in your head the old programs where you know I'm not good enough I don't measure up um I'm I'm an imposter or if people find out you know or where you don't give a damn about authority or you do but you know or you assume people don't like you just because people didn't like you all of that's kind of like limiting limiting and it just depends on where Saturn falls in your chart and how it's aspected there's never just one thing you know I know it's easier to make content on like I could just say Saturn is the lord of karma and honestly in western tropical astrology I don't really think we have a right to talk about karma that way karma is a Hindu concept um it's a Buddhist concept and as well but it really buddhism kind of carried that forward from from hinduism and i think you know we can look at it as consequence and there are good consequences and there are negative consequences logical consequences if you're running not looking where you're going and there's a curb that you don't see the consequence is you trip okay that could be a bad thing in an outcome or it could be a lucky a lucky miss you know maybe you don't fall and smash your face maybe you do maybe you fall on your butt maybe you don't um maybe you see it just in the nick of time you know there's consequences to our actions there's consequences to how we think about ourselves and others there's consequences and we just don't think about them we just think oh my gosh this bad thing keeps happening or these relationships keep happening or 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 <laughs> why do things keep happening to me um and at the saturn return we have an opportunity to kind of own a little bit more of our agency to become more deliberate about how we're living our life to consciously decide i'm going to make these compromises because this is you know, I'd rather be freer than I am right now, but this is going to give me security. That's a valid choice. And then seven years from that Saturn return, you have your first Saturn square. Okay. So let's say you have it at 29, around 36, you're going to start questioning those decisions you made at 29. Okay. Or if you had your Saturn return at 28, it'll be 35. Okay, it'll be around that time, right? About seven years after your Saturn return, you'll have your first square. And this is where you start to make adjustments. 
And what's really important is don't blame yourself for decisions you made when you were 28 or 29. Okay. That's as silly as being 14 and blaming yourself for a decision you made when you were seven. You're not the same person. You've now got more experience, experience, drive, ambition, discipline. And I don't mean discipline as in punishment because that's not what the word discipline means. The word discipline means to teach and to learn. Okay. And in order to learn well, you have to do things in a reiterative manner. That means you have to do it over and over and over. Like if you want to master a subject, it's 10,000 hours. Okay. It's not 10 hours. It's not 100 hours. It's 10,000. That's about five years of being dedicated to something. Okay. And so you're mastering yourself throughout life. You're not done till you're done till you're in a box. Okay. So seven years after the Saturn return is the first square. Then, okay, which is around 35, 36 ish, pushing 37 ish, right? Depends on the person, depends on their chart. And then seven years later, you have the Saturn opposition. Okay. And that would be what? Um, 41 or 42. What's fascinating is it's right around the time, around 42, 43, of the Uranus opposition. And this is that midlife moment, okay? (laughs) And you usually, that's why I get people um, at 36, they're in that first Saturn square after the Saturn return going, oh no, I'm just sure I'm in the Uranus opposition. I'm sure I'm feeling it early. Oh honey, you're not. You're not. It's a very different experience. You just get warmed up at the first Saturn square after the Saturn return, okay? That the Saturn opposition, which is right before the Uranus opposition, that's where things start to get really interesting because those things you were thinking about at the Saturn square that maybe you didn't make adjustments, maybe you weren't sure how to make those changes, Maybe you weren't sure how to um, kind of own your agency, own yourself, let go of of the chains of society and culture and family patterns. And, And by the way, you can't let go of it all in one go. It's a process. Okay. There's a saying in spirituality where they act like you're supposed to just be able to own your way to freedom. And I'm not talking about real spiritual practices. I'm talking about popular spirituality. But even in some of the spiritual groups, you know, I've hung out with my fair share of shamans and and crystal healers and witches and energy workers, healers, all kinds. And you get the groups who really think about the process and then you have the ones who are kind of in it because that's their social group. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then you get the social pressures of, oh, they're being reactive. Oh, well, you know, if you would have tried this technique. When you start treating it like that, then it's just not useful. Okay? Don't blame yourself. You're growing and changing constantly. And Saturn is um, a time marker. And these are stages in life. So at the Saturn opposition, 
you're really looking at the decisions you made when you were 28, 29, and you're like, you know what? I really put myself in a ringer there. I really need to undo this or this. Or I really like that decision I made. I want to double down on it. Um, And then the Uranus opposition happens and it's a time of personal renaissance if you grab hold of it. If you reject it and out of fear, um, out of fear of consequences. And by the way, those are valid. It's okay to be afraid of the consequences and say, you know what? Um, I don't know how I can navigate this differently than I have. I don't feel like I can. You know, some people depending on their natal chart, are going to be like, hell yeah, I'm going to throw everything out and start over fresh at that time. Other people are going to be like, you know what? It was hard enough to get where I'm at. I don't know that I want to undo this, but I can make this new compromise to be a little happier. And then other people just unconsciously go through that time and just kind of shrivel up. They start aging very rapidly. Um, because they're they're choosing not to be deliberate about how they approach it. And I'm not talking about intelligence intelligence quotients here. You don't have to be the brightest bulb in in the world to go. You know what? I want to do something different. So that's that. And then um, at uh, let's see, at, at that would be about 42. So then another seven years, around 49. You're at that uh, last square, about then, 48, 49. You're at that last square before the second Saturn return, okay? Which then happens around 56, 57. And that's where we do see consequences. We can see lifestyle consequences. We can see, um, a lot of times this is where you see people seeing physical consequences. So if you didn't kind of honor your body when you were younger, um, if you didn't take care of it, it's going to start letting you know what the consequences are. So um, what a good thing before that second Saturn return, if you're pushing it like I am, is maybe changing your diet, doing more exercise, um, taking a little better care of yourself. Okay. And then a new cycle begins. Now you might also become a grandparent around that time. Or you might get a divorce between, um, a lot of divorces actually happen at the Saturn opposition, okay? And the Uranus opposition. Not always. There can be a renaissance in the relationship as well. Depends, you know? Some people might get married at that time. Again, it's a changing of status. It's a, it's a maturing aspect. It's a consequential aspect, um, it's a time of, if you're deliberate, really be, becoming your own authority. And none of us get to be boss of the world. I know, guys. None of us get to be boss of the world. But what we do get to be is um, in charge of our own self and taking accountability for our reactivity and um, maybe understanding that I can't change the decisions of my past, but I can... I can own the decisions I'm making now. I can really feel into them. I can take that wisdom acquired, okay, um, from the past and from maybe those mistakes I learned from. And were they really mistakes if that's exactly what you needed to get where you're at? Like sometimes, 
sometimes we do something and it doesn't work the way we wanted it to, but it works the way we needed it to, even if it was unpleasant. I don't believe everything happens for a reason. I think sometimes there's shitty circumstances and I can usually find the transit. It Transits don't make things happen, but they reflect kind of what was going on. And it's really nice to be able to tell somebody who's, in, you know, depending on their Saturn cycle of, hey, are you trying to push forward in your career and nothing's working? Yeah, that's going to change in about six months because right now you're meant to be sitting in this frustration. It's helping you gain clarity. Um, that as an astrologer, that makes me feel really good because, um, people not understanding these natural ebbs and flows of energy, then blame themselves for maybe not knowing how to work the timing because it's all down to timing. So a Saturn return is, is part of a cycle in life, stages and ages. Hope that helps. I'm Lori Rivers, and I really appreciate you guys tuning in to the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. Um, I'm going to be creating a wonderful little book called Your Survival Guide to Saturn Returns. I'll have it available um, by the end of December, and all my patrons are going to get it for free as a giant thank you for a wonderful year in 2022. We doubled our, our patronage in 2022. Um, that's not easy to do, guys. Uh, and, and when I say we, I mean me with you. Because <laughs> I have the moderators in the Discord, but I don't think a lot of people understand. Um, again, I'm kind of a one-woman show. Okay? Talk about Saturn placement. Um, I, I have help. Okay? They help me in the Discord. Patreon, I, I'm the one who uploads everything. I'm, I'm the only one in there right now um just the way i have it set up and then i have trained astrologers who do natal readings and by the way they're not chopped liver they are absolutely amazingly talented astrologers i have been um, not just teaching them my version of astrological interpretation which recognizes traditional astrology and yet we work linguistically on relevant communication of of the energy represented in the charts to help people um, grow and and see themselves as valuable and understand why certain limitations are there and what they can do about it how to lean into their strengths Um, they're amazing. Okay. They were already very, um, engaged and passionate people in, in various subject matters. So, um, never think you're getting second best with these guys. They're amazing. And then I'm doing the consultative readings. So that is, um, the transit readings, the year ahead readings. Um, speaking of the year ahead readings, if you ever had a reading with me or are on my email list from wokeastrology.com, then you got an email on Sunday that has a $200 off year ahead readings. Okay. Coupon. Go check your email. It might've hit your spam folder. Okay. Do that. Because those readings are intense. They're intense. I pull about 
oh gosh, about 14 to 16 charts in those readings. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. We go month by month. You get a real clear view of what's happening in the year. So if you're on my email list, you got that on Sunday. Check your emails. Um, I might send it out again. So if you want to go sign up on my email list, go ahead. Um, you just do that by joining wokeastrology.com. And um, yes, I said woke. I did. I did. Why? Because I don't want the people who don't like the word woke. And I'm talking about the all right people. Um, if you don't want to be awake and aware and understand that your way isn't the only way, that there is a rich and diverse um, body of human beings on this planet and everybody deserves a modicum of respect. Everybody deserves to be self-determinant. Everybody deserves their autonomy and the ability to have boundaries and live their life and not having beliefs foisted upon them. Uh, if you have a problem with that, I don't know why you're still listening to my podcast this far in because I would have thought you didn't like me. Um, but anyway, um, so that's why I keep that. Um, I'm, 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 I'm just going to say it a lot because that way it doesn't bother me when I listen to the playback. I'm not going to really edit this one. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's a lot happening. If you didn't get my cookie cookbook, go do that. I'd love your answers in the survey. You, it's an interactive PDF. You can just click on the link in the PDF and take the survey. We're going to do a little party before the end of the year and talk about the findings of people's Venus placements and flavors. I think that's going to be super fun. But anyway, I could just keep rambling forever because I'm really tired. Uh, I, I really appreciate you guys. And so uh, please accept all the little gifties I send out throughout December. I might send out a couple more emails to the list. I'm certainly going to be giving some gifties to patrons, including this guide to surviving your Saturn return. And then um, we're going to do... Um, we're going to do one of my favorite activities before the new year, which is making um, little cards, I, you know, use cardstock and we do like, it's like a vision board, but just a little different. And we just kind of set some intentions for the year ahead that we've done for the last couple of years. And it's always kind of fun. I'm excited. And then we got the solstice. I have to figure out what to do for the solstice. I'll figure it out in the next couple of days. Anyway. I hope to see you in the Patreon. Remember, you'll get to keep your 2022 price in the new year when I bring out the new tiers and the new pricing. As always, I appreciate you. Take care.